Welcome to the College Game Day Instant Reaction Podcast. Pete Thamel here with Paolo Getty. And Paolo, what a day! Gosh. What a day! We had eight years of tepid semifinals, and now back-to-back seasons, we have monster days with epic games that literally go down to the final play. It's all you can ask for, right? I mean, when you kind of draw these matchups up and you see which teams make it to the semifinals, you hope for good games, and we got two ones that came all the way down to the wire, so you can't really uh, can't really expect much better than that. Paul, you obviously saw Washington a bunch this year. You're based in L.A. and do a little bit more West Coast bias, if you will, uh, with your with your game coverage. What did you see from Washington tonight in terms of being able to pull away from Texas and then hold on? Well, that's been their thing all season. You know, they're they're a team that you know has offensive firepower. They really put it together well, but you know they kind of stumble in when, when closing things out. But at the same time, they know how to finish. Right? They find a way to win. They've done that all season long. They've had multiple one score games where it's come down to the wire, and they just find the ways to make the play. Obviously, they have huge offensive firepower, but they find ways to win, and that's really what happened tonight. It was a repeat of really what's been happening all season with them. They are college football's consummate drama majors. I believe eight or nine straight weeks they've had 10-point wins or less, and most of those have been one-possession games. This one literally came down to the last play. What stood out to you for, for how they held on? Well, I think they kind of embody Kalen DeBoer's persona, right? He's a very calm guy, very even-keeled, and they kind of have taken on that personality too. When things go wrong or when they have to make a play, they find ways to do it, right? Michael Penix steps up, and he really just finds the right wide receivers, the situational football that they play. It's just like they excel at that. And, you know, in in a game like tonight where they literally had to have every play, uh, they made it happen. So the only thing worse potentially than DeBoer's clock blunder was our game management yes. watching here in the suite at the Rose Bowl. We decided to shut the game off and get tape the podcast and then did not realize that Dylan Johnson got injured, costing Washington the chance to drain 40 seconds off the clock, which invited Texas back in the game. Unique set of circumstances at the end. Yeah, and then you get that last play where you have one second remaining, one last play <laughs> remaining, and you're thinking, wow, if Texas goes to the national championship after trailing most of the game on that one play, what a what a finish to the day that would have been. Yeah, just uh, pretty pretty surreal. And credit to Quinn Ewers. I mean, they gave it everything they had there, and then it literally like a jump ball at, at, the, uh, at the end. Uh, instant reaction. You just watched Michigan uh, push around Alabama. You've seen Washington a bunch this year. How do you think these teams match up? I think they're super evenly matched. They're a really fun contrast of styles. You have Michigan, who, like you said, showed tonight that they can compete with an SEC-type athletic team, right? They showed they can play that kind of you know, game in the trenches and excel at that. And then you have Washington, a team that's really relied on their offense for, for, their, for their entire season. Obviously, today it came down to the wire and defense stepped up and won them the game. But the offensive firepower that they have is off the charts, probably the best offense in the nation, yeah. going against one of the best defenses in the nation. So it's going to be a really fun contrast of styles and I think a really competitive game. Penix can really press a defense in different ways. And Jalen Melrow, a fine quarterback, never got comfortable in the pocket tonight. I felt like he really didn't settle in and get to play quarterback. He was running and didn't have a lot of open receivers. What do you think Penix can do to this Michigan defense? I think a lot of it is him relying on his wide receivers, right? He moves out of in and out of the pocket pretty well, which I think will play well against a strong Michigan defense. But I think how those receivers get open and whether he can find them on those, you know, those cross routes and those third down plays, especially, I think that'll determine a lot of Washington's success. I think the running game, we'll see what happens with Dill Johnson, who's injured. You know, if he can't go, that's yeah, going to be a huge, huge, huge uh, you know, <laughs> void for them to fill because he does set up a lot of what they do offensively. Sure. 
So, yeah, I think it's really going to come down to the wide receivers and how much separation they can get. You covered the Pac-12 title game. You saw this Washington team a lot last year. How different are they with Jalen McMillan? He had a half dozen catches tonight and was obviously the star receiver in the Pac-12 title game. I mean, there's obviously a lot of talk about Roma Dunze and how incredible he is, right? And he's been their third down, you know, kind of rescue valve for most of the season. But what McMillan adds is just a lot of vertical speed. You saw it tonight. When he gets going downfield, he's going to be hard to stop, even for a Michigan defense that has that athleticism, that speed that we talked about. Yeah, and I think Jalen Polk is probably the best third receiver mm -hmm. in the uh, in the country. I feel like Will Johnson, who plays corner for Michigan, didn't really get much action tonight because yeah. Alabama didn't throw the ball. That matchup with the Dunze will have the NFL evaluators salivating. I do wonder, as you go down Michigan's corner depth chart, if they have the personnel there. Good safeties, but it will be, it will be a very different challenge, I yeah. think, than the one tonight. I'm curious to see how they shift their preparation, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's a short turnaround. They've been preparing for Alabama. They've been preparing for a team that bruises, that runs the ball, that tackles really hard. And now they have to go and prepare for an air raid team that, you know, throws the ball a lot. So it's going to be fun to watch to see how Jim Harbaugh gets his team ready for a totally different style of football. So let's uh, let's wrap up here quick. Uh, behind us, we still see the confetti splayed out on the field, the goalpost leaning down. Five years from now, when you think back to this epic Rose Bowl, what do you think you'll remember? I think I'll remember sitting up here, looking down there after the end of the game, watching uh, quarterback J.J. McCarthy come out onto the field. He came out. Everybody was pretty much gone. The field was empty. came out, slowly walked over to the Alabama end zone, kind of knelt down, took it all in, looked across mm. the field, picked up some confetti, and then walked off. And I think he, it was a real big moment for him. You know, obviously two seasons where he's come, short, come up short in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. They finally get over the hump, and it seems like he was really relishing the moment. So that's probably the image I'll remember the most. So sometimes on the pod, we like to give uh, the listeners, readers, viewers a, a peek behind the scenes. Sure. You're on the laptop tonight. You're up in the press box. You have to file a game story at the buzzer. We don't know who's going to win on the final play of the game. Uh, what was that like? Uh, stressful. That second year in a row. Last year, I had to do it with Michigan TCU. Okay. And that game, down, game went down to the wire, too. But... You kind of have to write two separate stories while also trying to combine them, while also trying to see and pay attention to what's happening. And oh, you have to pay attention? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they go to overtime where, like, literally could end on one play. It, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's it's not for the faint of heart, for sure. It is not. And neither are the cardiac Huskies of Washington who deliver one of the great college football playoff games we've seen in the decade existence. Uh, what a day. I'm exhausted. I'm I'm ready to go home. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll wrap we'll wrap it here. Thanks for listening and watching on the College Game Day podcast, and we'll look forward to seeing you in Houston for the national title game.